Clash Fest has drawn to a close, and now Hammer Jam has begun. 50% off all buildings and heroes. Absolutely amazing. But does that mean that Town Hall 15 is coming at the end of Hammer Jam? Trample knows. Are we able to weasel out any information from him during this episode? Yes, you'll have to listen right now on the Clash Tips Podcast. Welcome back to the Clash Tips YouTube channel. I think we got it all set up. We've been struggling with our recording equipment, but I think we finally got it. And man, I, it has been hype train for the past month or so with Clash Fest. Then we have Clash Worlds. And now we have the big announcement hopefully coming. I mean, with Hammer Jam here, Town Hall 15 possibly. I don't know how you hold it all in, Trample, but it's difficult for me. I feel like I'm going up the mountain and I'm ready to come down the other side, but then all of a sudden, is Supercell going to introduce Town Hall 15 and I start going up the mountain again? Wow. So it's just time to breathe. <laughs> so let's Absolutely. start with, what's the start with Clash Fest? What did you think of Clash Fest over this past month or so? I feel like Supercell made some interesting decisions in how they were trying to re-engage the community because, you know, the the update in May with the Clan Capital, I think, was a great, big, cool addition to the game. They've made a lot of really nice quality of life improvements so far this year. I feel like they are definitely paving the road to a long and successful future for Clash of Clans. But at the end of the day, it has been almost a year and a half since Town Hall 14 came out and their primary source of revenue... I know is like the very first builder pack you can buy, but on an ongoing basis, the spend that they get from their town hall 14s. And a lot of us have been sitting around. I know you were, you had taken a break from the game. So you were a little bit behind the curve in terms of catching up, Yep. but you know, you are at this point, a max town hall 14. Mm -hmm. Then, you know, some of the rest of us have been sitting around. Like, I think I maxed my, my Rochester base by max as far as, each update could be maxed, right? Because, you know, when they first launched Town Hall 14, we could only upgrade so many wall pieces and not all the defenses had an upgrade yet because it's like staggered out. But it's like right away I was maxed on everything within like, you know, two or three months of it coming out. And I've been living in that perpetual state of, ooh, it'll be exciting to see what the new toys are. And the Clan Capital I thought was a cool new toy. And some of the quality of, of life improvements have made some of the other toys more enjoyable. But when they launched the 10 year anniversary and then into clash fest, I feel like they're doing a lot of stuff to really engage a lot of the community. And I think that that has been a lot of fun for people, but at the same time, I don't necessarily, I don't love all the clash fest challenges that they did because I feel like some of the challenges were like the goblin one was cool. Cause they never did anything like that before. Like the goblin maze they did mm -hmm. in the 10th yep. anniversary challenges, but like some of the other challenges that they've had, they almost go back and forth between being comically easy or like incredibly difficult, literally labeling one of them an impossible challenge. Well, so like on the one hand, like it's been fun, but it's also been, I think, a little awkward for some people in the community. Well, and I really enjoyed that first challenge that you talked about. But one of the things that I don't enjoy with being a content creator is the fact that I have to focus so much of my time on creating content. So doing the podcast, making YouTube videos. And because I'm really focused on that aspect of Clash, 
I don't get to participate in, for example, the Goblin Maze Challenge as much as I would like to. There have even been some of these challenges that I have not even bothered with because I'm like, eh, like the impossible challenge that they just did. I was like, if it's going to be impossible, I'm just going to be frustrated and I don't feel like hitting this base over and over and over and over again. I'm just going to watch Trample do <laughs> an OP TikTok on it. And I'm going to be like, great job, Trample. All right, now let's let's look at some content. <laughs> Did you know you? that that's something that when I first when I first saw that challenge, because, you know, thankfully, with uh, my elevation to a creator status and having a creator code and access to the dev environment, I get to see those things, you know, well in advance of everybody else. And I looked at all the Inferno Towers and I looked at all the gold sources. I was like, they're not joking. Like they really do intend this thing to be virtually impossible to defeat. And I played through it a couple of times. and I was like, I'm not going to make a video on this because I I, and a lot of the YouTubers that you saw, you know, they've got the videos scheduled and it's like, um, I thought Judo Sloth did something really cute where he's like, his videos usually start with something like, you know, easily three star and I'm not going to do my Judo's voice impersonation because I'm sure that'll come out somehow <laughs> like <laughs> racist or something. But he, he, he starts his videos with easily three star the blah, blah, blah challenge. And for the impossible challenge, <laughs> he said something like, you know, easily three star the yeah right and, <laughs> and then he like he shows his attempt at some you know decent damage two star and i thought like i'm not going to spend the time and effort trying to put something together for this one but then i'm very i'm very friendly with sir moose another one of the creators who shared with me that one of his subscribers had had shared with him a methodology for defeating and i was like okay that's uh, and that's pretty slick. And so I watched I watched the video because Sir Moose had put out something similar to everybody else that so was like, here's my best attempt, you know, that I managed to capture on film that, you know, got to 73% or 68% or something. And then he posted another one showing that he had, had completed it. I was like, that is super cool. I'm just going to see if I can do it. And it was like 10 or 15 tries and I ended up getting it. I was like, wow, like, I feel so cool. I realized somebody else fed me the methodology, but I felt really cool three-starring that thing. And I swagged like three or four spells Mm -hmm. didn't use my queen ability i was like yep. man i feel like a god so if you had to pick was that the one that you hated the most or <laughs> i i would almost say that the one that that was we just did at the very end that was like laughably easy that would have to be the one that i hated because it, it you didn't even need a tiktok or a youtube video you just put your king and your queen and your heroes down and threw your bat and your skelly spells down i kind of got a laugh because i saw some of the content creators were posting stuff like three star this current challenge without using any troops and i was like <laughs> It's so mm -hmm. simple to do anyway. Like, I, I don't understand it. Which one was your favorite and which one did you hate the most? So I think my favorite was actually probably the infinite goblin one that mm -hmm. it's got to design. I thought that was just really cool. It was very creative. Um, I know it was an absolute spam fest, but I thought that one was just pretty cool because it was one of those things where if you slightly more strategically spammed the troops, you could do it in a very effective way. My least favorite was actually the super witch uh, it was the attack against space station that resulted in like a 72% two star during the actual competition. And I thought it's odd that they wind up putting a, a battle that basically went against the attacker. And they were like, yes, go ahead and three star this one. And what I try to do when I'm putting together content for people is I want something that's like easy to replicate. And I had trouble finding something that was easy to replicate that wasn't 
an involved queen charge. And so like, personally, I ended up defeating it pretty quickly, a couple of different directions. And then I start trying to decide like how best to share this with the community and the methodology that I ended up sharing people, you know, a lot of people like, Hey, cool. Thank you so much. I got it. And other people are like, this sucks. I hate you. You know, it's, it doesn't work, you know, <laughs> and I'm like, Cl- clearly it does. Cause I, I show you on the video how it works. And I've had a lot of other people say that it works. The trolls came out. <laughs> it's, you know, it's that to me though, that's like, you know, you get the pulse of the population, right? You get the, right. it's like, it's like sentiment analysis where when enough people are frustrated that they can't do something in a replicable way. And to be fair, queen charges are really hard, even for some skilled players, mm-hmm. For more novice players trying to replicate a very fast moving queen charge based attack against a professional base build, even when you have a roadmap, it's not the easiest thing for people to accomplish. So like I, I felt a little bad that that was such a difficult challenge for people that didn't have, I'm using air quotes here, an easy solution because I, I could have done it. You know, even right now, I haven't looked at the challenge for a while. If you threw it back in front of me, I'd probably wind up three starring it the first time I tried it just because... I've got experience with it and I of course, you know, played it through quite a few times. But that that one to me the trolls and the that was people just venting their frustration. And so I was right. like, man, they're going to be really pissed off next week because there's like the prize for the impossible challenge to 3 star was 22 gems. And I jokingly told my wife that morning, I was like, it should be like 2000. Like nobody's going to beat this. And then like an hour later, I got a message from Sir Moose like, "Hey, do you want to know how to beat it?" And I was like, "Yes. Yes, I do." <laughs> Good thing they didn't do 2,000 gems because they would have ended up giving away a lot more stuff than they expected. Um, I, I will say, though, on the last challenge, I actually liked it because uh, I I was, I, again, I told my wife, I'm like, this is so easy. I just, the, the my options are do something like most people are probably going to do, which is, hey, let me show you how to beat this challenge by swagging almost everything. And mm-hmm. I thought, I'm going to take a different approach. I'm going to spam everything, but I'm going to do this like it's a storybook, like it's a fairy tale and yep. it's the barbarian king and the queen. And I had a lot of fun putting that together. And I had a lot of people comment that they thought it was really creative and that they thought it was sweet and fun. And I had a lot of people saying stuff like, you got to do this with more attacks. And I was like, that might actually be something fun for me to do. Hello Clash fans, Trample Damage coming at you today with the Clash Fest Challenge. And it is so laughably easy that instead of telling you how to beat it, I will tell you the story of the Clash Fest Challenge. A long time ago, the King of the Barbarians had a bone to pick with many eagles that were constantly pounding his troops. So he asked his friend the Archer Queen to join him on the field of battle, along with a metal robot that likes butterflies and fights with a sword and also happens to be a girl. They were joined immediately by a bunch of barbarians and archers and a weird demon that carries a barrel of rockets that are somehow able to help destroy things. Well, as the barbarian king and the queen of the archers came after the eagles, they fled the battlefield, making it safe for a legion of the undead and a bunch of bats and the king of the barbarians' best friend who was known as the royal champion and her weird uncle, the Grand Warden, to take the field with more metal robots and a creepy rock monster and a bunch of balloons with rockets attached to them. Well, the Grand Warden feared for the safety of his friends, so he immediately protected them with his eternal tome, and they marched across the field, down a line of infernal inferno towers, normally of which you would only find three on even the most advanced civilization. Yet here, the Town Hall 6 somehow got a hold of this alien technology and put far more than only three on the field of battle. 
Well, a bunch of wizards also joined in the fray, and there were some weird random Tesla things popping up in the middle of the base, which was designed with walls from all across the Enterprise. And there was a poison spell available, for some reason that is hard to discern. But the king of the barbarians and all of his friends, now that they had made the eagles flee the battlefield, were safe to charge through the infernal inferno towers, racking up complete annihilation against this really strange Town Hall 6, all for the chance to be one of ten lucky people to win randomly 2,000 gems from the gods of Supercell. If you enjoyed Storytime, make sure that you're subscribed here. Check me out on my other social media, and we'll see you on the next video. Yeah, no, I, 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 I had fun with the videos. Yeah. It, was a, it was a cool – Clash Fest was a cool event. Clash of Clans is trying to get more social media stuff. Like their new community manager, Adria, has been posting a lot of stuff on TikTok for Clash of Clans. And we got to even do something – like my favorite piece, honestly, of the Clash Fest was they told us in the creator program, hey – uh, do whatever you want to get an engagement with the community and you tell us who wins and we'll give them 2000 gems. And so I told people to basically give me the punchline to a comment about why a specific troop was late for work and to post something on TikTok for that. And then I, I, most of the submissions were terrible, but one of my followers on TikTok did get to win 2000 gems from, from that Clash Fest challenge. I thought that was a lot of fun to have like some empowerment as a creator, but it, I think they're doing a good job of creating a lot of buzz around the game. So what was the answer? We're all in suspense now. Um, I'm trying to, <laughs> I don't even remember. He was late it to work was. because the chicken crossed the road. No, I'll, I'll have to, I'll have to look and remind myself some other time. They were, the, the submissions, most of them were, were really not that fan. Oh, it was the wizard. That's what it was. It was, uh, they basically put together a story where it was like, you know, they used some of the footage from old Clash of Clans commercials where like the wizard's got the like super tall hairdo when he's inside the clan castle. I don't mm -hmm. know if you ever saw that commercial. And he's like, yep. you're the wizard. You're a fireball throwing wizard. You got, you got this. this. You got this. You're the wizard. You're a fireball throwing wizard. You're a hero. And you look great. So he was showing imagery from that of like that the wizard was spending so much time doing his hair because he wanted to look cool like some of the other troops. And then he realized he was running late, but then he decided he'd be fashionably late. And then he showed up as the party. Ah, uh, very nice. Yeah, so I was like, oh, that's cool. Like, there was a lot of effort that went into that. And so, you know, it was it was cool to be able to not only get people trying to create their own content for Clash of Clans, but then also being able to have something that was like, you know, hey, I, I get to pick somebody and they, they uh, win some gems. Yeah, so obviously Supercell's hyping up the hype train. They're trying to get people excited. They just introduced Hammer Jam. Obviously, people are super excited about that. The last time that Hammer Jam was introduced at Town Hall 12 and Town Hall 13, a new Town Hall was introduced. So at this point, I think we can all assume that Town Hall 15 is coming. Do you think it's going to be coming or not? I know that you made some predictions at the beginning of the summer. What were some so, of your predictions and what are your thoughts on that? 
So I will say that one of the things in my line of work in analytics, you know, you you learn from the past, right? And so the past has taught us that Hammer Jam means a new town hall is coming. So I don't see anything wrong with people working off of the assumption that Town Hall 15 is is definitely right around the corner. I will also work off of the assumption that it's possible that I already know the exact answer to that question and can't share too many additional bits of information. <laughs> but but I did find a there was a chain uh, back and forth between me and somebody on Discord where we were speculating about things that we thought would wind up coming with Town Hall 15. So you know, I will I won't say anything about the the accuracy of any of my predictions, but I will share you with you some of the things that I thought would wind up happening whenever Town Hall 15 shows up. Well, my that, number one prediction. Well, oh, I'm curious. Ahead. Did you did you see my OP prediction on the Town Hall Shield? Because I don't know if you remember, but we were talking to Bad Stag about a month yes, ago, I did. and we we he meant it was either you or him mentioned about how it would be super cool if you had a shield over the Town Hall, and then I noticed that little cart that was in that one specific clash scenery, and I kind of built this story around it that the cart would circle the town hall and there'd be this cool shield. It's gotten a huge response on YouTube. So there are a lot of people who think that it's a cool idea, whether or not something like that will be implemented. I don't know. I know that there's a lot of the community that thinks that the next town hall is going to be almost eagle-like. I don't think that that's the case because they brought that concept in with the clan capital. Obviously there's going to be some cool stuff, but I want to hear your predictions. So go. So I did. Uh, I do remember the conversation with Badstag. I think I had floated the idea of a new building that was a small building that mm-hmm. created some kind of additional help. And then one of the two of you, I think, likened it to something in Boom Beach that mm-hmm. was that was a shield of some kind. So, yeah, I did see. And I thought that was a really cool idea. And it was interesting, too, because when I saw that video that you had made, I was like, hey. Maybe they are doing something like that. That would be pretty cool. <laughs> super, super. So I got them in my back pocket. It's all good. <laughs> so my, this is what I dug up from a, from a string of uh, messages back with somebody on discord. I, I was predicting an upgraded or expanded map because, and because my second prediction is I, and this one, I can at least confidently say, because everybody has already seen the announcement that the barracks are going to be combined into one mm-hmm. building or rather that the three lowest level buildings of the regular barracks and the lower level of your dark barracks will be removed from the map in the next update. So I think that is that is probably a, an indication from Supercell that they're not looking to expand the number of buildings beyond 100, but I thought they're going to go beyond 100 buildings and they're going to wind up giving us a slight increase in the size of the map. Those were my my two biggest predictions that I had. I would I would assume that since they are combining barracks, that they are probably going to try and stay under that threshold. And I think that also means that they probably aren't going to need the real estate. But I do think that it, like I'm, I'm predicting for Town Hall 16 now that they will wind up beyond 100 buildings and they will wind up expanding the map. If not for Town Hall 15, then for Town Hall 16. Well, and I also made another YouTube video that predicted the possibility of combining all of the elixir and gold collectors and even the dark elixir drill into the town hall. I mean, there was a lot of pushback on that because people were like, farming is going to be horrible if all of the collectors are focused in on this one building, or even if only if there's a few and farmers are a huge part of the clash of class game. There are people who play the game only because they enjoy farming so much. They don't like clan wars. They don't like the competition, but they do enjoy the grind per se. So 
I, I don't know that the combining of Elixir collectors into one building is going to actually happen. But if they do, well, we know that they're going to combine the barracks. That actually leaves space for four buildings. Is my math correct on that? Which means yep. that we could have four new possible defenses or defense-like structures. I mean, that's something that we can safely assume. That seems like it. I mean, I, I would assume that they're they're strategically trying to cut space to be able to keep it at that hundred threshold. And so I would say anything more than five, I wind up going back to being correct with my original prediction of it being more than a hundred buildings. And if they do that, I, I think that the map has to expand along with it because things are already pretty snug in there, well, especially since they added the extra wall pieces. And actually, if you look at town hall 14, they, the only building that they actually added, and I could be wrong on this is the pet house. Like yep. their their weapon of choice, the weapon that signified Town Hall 14, like it was a scattershot at Town Hall 13. It was the extra Inferno at Town Hall 12. It was the Eagle at Town Hall 11. Inferno Towers at Town Hall 10, blah, blah, blah. Well, at Town Hall 14, it was the Builder Huts. Well, the Builder Huts were already there, so they didn't need extra space to bring in that weapon. Something else that I've speculated about wildly on this podcast is the possibility of weaponizing other types of buildings. So weaponizing the barracks almost making it like the it's not a the army hut that's on the build guard post the guard post that's on the builder base so that's something that we predicted might happen that would add a new level to the game a new interesting feature to the game that i can still see as a possibility and then i do think that they are going to bring some new defense in whether they're going to use something from the builder base whether they're going to bring something in from the clan capital or come up with something totally new that's just going to blow our minds I think it'll be interesting to see at the beginning of the summer. Did you have any specific defense predictions that you thought might come true whenever town hall 15 was introduced? I did. My prediction on the defensive building was going to be something that would be a ground equivalent of the air sweeper. So a defensive structure that does not add damage, but complicates the attack. Because one of the things that I, I, I thought weaponizing the builder hut was like one of my favorite things they've done because mm -hmm. it's like it, even just the flavor text of like, you're destroying everything that I've been working toward. Not only am I going to try and fix it while you're trying to destroy it, I'm going to start shooting arrows at you to stop you from destroying them. Like, Damn you troops. I, Damn you. Yes. Only one man can stop this chaos. I just thought that was like cool flavor for the game as well. Right. In addition to it's it being a genius solution to adding more defenses without necessarily having to add additional buildings. But I, my concern, if they were to take like all the gold mines and make them into one or all the elixir collectors and make them into one, at some point when every single building on the map is able to deal damage to troops, even if they weaponize the barracks by putting like more of a guard post type of thing or our gold mines start shooting money at you. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talk. I don't know. <laughs> if, That's going to make a great sound effect. I'm going to put sound effect right there. <laughs> my, my concern is I feel like there has to be some semblance of trash buildings because it can't be that literally everywhere you drop on the map, all of a sudden, like, think about like a queen charge. All of a sudden, like, as soon as you put the archer queen down, she's getting hit by seven point defenses all at once because gold mines are shooting or barracks are spewing <laughs> guards at her. The expos are shooting at her. The builders are attacking her. Mm -hmm. Like, I feel like there has to be some semblance of trash buildings that allow a little bit of variability in how people approach the base because the trash buildings are usually put on the outside. And that's one of the things that I like from an attack 
networking perspective is with the fewer barracks on the outside means it'll be a little easier to funnel using sneaky goblins and defense because right now you can't specifically funnel by destroying a uh, a barracks without using like just like a regular troop right mm-hmm. like with with defenses you could really quickly snipe with a couple of balloons and gold mines you can snipe with a sneaky arch i mean with a sneaky goblin but i think that if they were to add defenses that and this was my my prediction for the defense at town hall 13 was something that would complicate the attack but in but specifically for ground troops it could be ground or air but i was thinking something like a freeze tower where the the troops don't necessarily and i don't know like my prediction was really just something that messes with the attack without killing the troops directly mm-hmm. and that's what the air sweeper does it messes with air attacks without killing the troops directly like a freeze tower could slow or like, troops down or like an earthquake uh, earthquake defense that, that makes them imbalance as they approach it I literally, the text that I used was tremor generator. Tremor like that's generator. A, <laughs> so it's a, I, yeah, I was thinking something along those lines. That was all like for the for the defensive side. That's what I was anticipating. From an offensive perspective, what I was predicting at the beginning of the summer was a new hero because they've released the new hero every town hall, every other town hall since town hall seven. And again, we learned from the past. I assume that there would be a new hero, but as a little bit of a, and I also assume a new pet to go along with that new hero. Well, but, so I'm not sure if you've been following Darren and a lot of Dar- Darren, Darian on a lot of these AMAs, but his responses makes me think that we're not going to have a new hero come out at town hall 15. Cause he's really pushed back on the community. He said stuff like, you guys are the ones who came up with the fact that there's a new hero at every town hall. We haven't said anything like that, which makes me think, yeah, there's probably not going to be a new hero until town hall 16. Well, my thought on it, because I, I know the commentary and again, this is, you know, stuff that I want to say this conversation was back in like mid June, the one that I'm referencing, but the, my thought on the hero, because I've seen a lot of commentary of like how much more difficult it is to manage five heroes yep. or six heroes or eventually seven heroes. My prediction on the hero front was new hero, new pet, but only four heroes that can be selected in an attack. So the upside for people who are growing or elevating or upgrading their heroes, they'll always have, you know, like four, they could always have one down. And the my thought on the new hero was going to be a troop, a hero that only has a flight mode. So my prediction was new pet that was probably also going to be a flying pet, a new hero that was only able to fly, and that there would be so if you're somebody who's making a ground attack and you don't just want you know a flying hero that's going to get torched well of course you can put them somewhere where you don't expect there to be anything happening to them but Mm -hmm. uh, the black the seeking air mines would potentially be a problem so i was thinking maybe they'd be like invincible against traps and it's only the since they have to fly so that's where i was going from a hero perspective but then giving you the flexibility of not selecting all you know not having the flying one if you don't want to have the flying one and you could like sacrifice the barbarian king or the, the archer queen, which would probably never happen and always be the poor king. So I don't think that they're going to have it where you can have one hero down, mainly from a business perspective, because a lot of their revenue generation comes from players who gym their heroes. And if they can essentially play the same game while having a hero down, then that would cut into their gym revenue. I, I don't necessarily see that as a possibility. Do you or do you see my perspective? Totally see where you're coming from. The overwhelming majority of the money that I've spent on the game over the years has been to skip hero upgrade times. Right, it's, right. It was back in before they had Book of Heroes and before they had all the great ways of speeding stuff along. 
every time I upgraded a hero, I knew it was going to cost me like seven fifty mm-hmm. because I would buy like a hundred dollar gem pack, and that gives you fourteen thousand gems, so it works out a little bit over seven bucks per level. So I just knew that was like every time, like to me, the book of heroes for five hundred gems. I'm like sweet because I was going to spend nine hundred. Like even today, I was making something for a video for or something I was going to post on Reddit. I didn't know, so I was just checking. When you have a hero that is awake, but their health, the the little extra life heart is in the process of filling if you upgrade a hero do they immediately come back with an extra life or does the extra life have to rebuild because i had never actually checked Hmm, and so i had upgraded my barbarian king and i immediately spent 900 something gems which is a book of heroes for 500 is a good deal to me (laughs) so like i immediately spent 900 gems to finish the upgrade and he did indeed come back with a a full heart on the extra life so not only was he ready for fighting but he also had the backup it didn't have to sort of grow from zero Mm, interesting so a lot of a lot of this uh these interesting points are built around the fact that we just came through worlds and worlds of course is the top of the mountain when it comes to strategy and hero implementation and one of the things that i observed that I've known all this time and that I've talked about on this podcast was the ability to use your heroes effectively is the one thing that really distances are the average player from the professional clash of clans player. Did you get to watch any of worlds? Did you see many of the attacks? And also since worlds is going on and that's kind of where the attention is, that would also affect the type of content that you create. Did you make any content that was actually worlds related or what type of content have you really focused on during this time period when worlds is such a big deal? So I'll I'll answer the I didn't watch a lot of the attacks. I watched a couple of them from the final the final war, like the where where the Queen Walker Stephanie actually ended up winning. I mm-hmm. watched a couple of those attacks from there. And I watched a couple from day one, which I found it was like Clash of Clans Twitch, I think, had a recording. It was like five hours long. And I know I had mentioned this when we were talking to Rick, was I just kind of like sped through looking for like non-queen charge attacks, which you right. know, there, there, there weren't a whole lot of them. So I didn't actually watch a whole lot of the content. And because like, I, I haven't yet tried to carve, not that I, I don't use the word yet implying that I'm going to, but I haven't tried to carve out any kind of niche in terms of like streaming wars or streaming competitive stuff. And I feel like that's, that lives very firmly in the world of a couple of the other, you know, bigger YouTubers that are out there. And so for me, from a content perspective, when Worlds was out, like I didn't do anything on, I think, any of my videos what on any platform, not on TikTok, not on YouTube, not, I don't think I commented on them at all, just because it's not something that I have a lot of familiarity with because I don't, it's, you know, not that I'm self-absorbed, but for the most part, I don't really watch a lot of other Clash of Clans content creation. Like I watch stuff that you make and like people that we've had on the podcast, like I'll watch some of their stuff because like I got to know the person. So I feel like I'm vested, mm-hmm. but I haven't actually made anything really uh, that has to do with worlds. And I see a lot of people there, you know, they'll just record one of the videos and they're like, hey, I'm going to break down this video for you and show you like how cool these geniuses are. And you mentioned the heroes and the ability to manage heroes as what separates, you know, because like, look, the good guys, we promoted to Champion League One and we were really proud of ourselves. We're right now with our current skill set, we're not going to win a champion one war league. <laughs> not, true. not when, yeah. not when we like, we, I, I believe we have the potential not to demote, which means we <laughs> have to just finish. 
yes, we have to finish in fifth fifth place instead of sixth or seventh or eighth. But you know, the those those clans, it's and a lot of times, like I know we were debating in a separate conversation about like the number of stars required to win and the highest number of stars somebody got versus you know seeing what the average number of stars are. Like I feel like we could hang in there, mm-hmm. but it you know a difference of a half a star per war would mean the difference sometimes between first place and fourth place in inside of a division. Yeah, and so and those players like you mentioned the the hero the hero component the hero charges the hero dives like some of the stuff that these guys are able to accomplish sometimes i'm like dude i swear, I swear that barbarian king has like five thousand more hit points yep. than my barbarian king because yep. how the hell did he just make it through two whole compartments with nothing but like i don't know one barbarian and a headhunter to support him sometimes an ice golem and i'm like i don't I don't get it. Like I put, I put all three of my, and I'm, I'm pretty decent with a Hydra attack. I use my King, my queen and my Royal champion to get the value out of what feels like some, some of these guys get out of like just their queen. And maybe mm-hmm. it's because they're doing a, a Lalo attack. And my Hydra attack is usually something that I use against specific base layouts. And so I don't have the luxury of going into a compartment where the heroes maybe would last longer. But with a Lalo, you can be very, very picky about where you're coming in because all you're really doing is trying to funnel. So they're funneling. And this kind of brings me back to the same point about needing some kind of trash buildings. It would really mess up, I think, people's ability to properly set up a funnel if every single building on the map was firing at them, which by Town Hall 19, I think is what's going to happen unless they add more buildings or expand the map. So since you didn't make a lot of content in regards to worlds, what kind of content did you focus on? Because I know that last month has been an interesting one for you since you've gotten your creator code and use code trample, use code trample, everybody use code trample. <laughs> but, uh, what, <laughs> have you had directives from Supercell? Because I know that you mentioned being contacted by another company who wanted you to kind of hype a certain aspect of Supercell. Has Supercell been in contact with you and said, hey, can you please make a video on this, that, or the other? Or have you changed the way that you do content creation? So I, I can say now it was Hammer Jam. Like this, this company reached out to me probably about three weeks ago, three and a half weeks ago at this point, saying, "Hey, there's this cool thing that's going to be coming called Hammer Jam," and I was like, <gasps> "Hammer Jam." <laughs> Hammer, ha- Hammer Jam is coming. What? 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 Uh, and I'm like, play it cool, play it cool. I'm like, yeah, I might, be, I might be interested in talking about that. And if anything, I, I wanted to get information because I was like, are you going to tell me the date? And so they were like, on the 27th of September, we want you to post something hyping Hammer Jam. And I was like, yeah, I'd totally be interested. But you know, specifically, you know, Supercell doesn't ask the creators to, at least they haven't asked me to make any specific content. But what they basically do is they give us early access to stuff that they think people will probably find intriguing because people are always wanting to know like what's scoop what's going on mm-hmm. uh, the the one thing that the which i know i kind of like moaned and groaned about this at the 10-year anniversary having like day after day after day of challenges which would have been much easier for me because i know in hindsight now those challenges which kicked off in august like the first mm-hmm. 11 days of august the creators had access to all of those challenges like in the middle of july so they okay. had plenty of time to go through that stuff just like the clash fest challenges we had you know i'm gonna say it was like i mean i got my creator code and access to the development but i got my creator code in the middle of august i got the development access probably like two and a half weeks later it was after the first clash fest challenge but before the second one had come out mm-hmm. and so I, I have plenty of time to be able to record those 
those. So the updates that they provide, and I think back to like when previous town halls would have come out, when town hall 14 was coming out, it's like Supercell would, would you know, sneak peek or leak or whatever. Hey, here's something that's happening. It's like the Builderhood is going to be the weapon. And at the same time that they're publishing that, every YouTuber is like, talking about the same thing and it's because they give us all the information ahead of time and then we're able to like craft stuff around that so on some level it has simultaneously stifled my creativity but enhanced my ability to bring quality content because mm. when when there's 11 days in a row of challenges in the beginning of august or when there's clash fest stuff that's going on and there are clash fest challenges like if i'm not talking about that i know that my you know i in a very positive way, I think of my fellow creators as competition. Now, granted, from a YouTube perspective, you know, I don't know, I'm like, you know, like a, a one-armed kid that's like very uncoordinated trying to fight <laughs> professional mixed martial artists. Such a, that's such a random example. <laughs> I mean, like I'm at a disadvantage on it it. from a YouTube perspective in a lot of ways, but like on TikTok, like I'm, I'm a little bigger on TikTok. So it's like, uh -huh, I'm always right? like, yeah, I got way more video views than like all the other TikTok folks. Mm -hmm. And what I, what I notice is I feel obligated, essentially, even though nobody's saying you have to make this content. It's like it's good quality content that I was probably going to make, but I was going to make it like rushing and hurrying to whip something together that morning yeah. versus having an opportunity to prep for it ahead of time. Well, My only concern would be if I had to do that all the time. Like I, I envision that whenever they do get around to upgrading the town hall to 15, whenever they have sneak peeks, they basically do them every day. So I feel like whenever they get around to doing that and whenever they do start doing sneak peeks for it, I will sort of feel compelled, I think, to focus on that content because that's the stuff people are going to be most interested in. Like, it's probably not the right time for me to go, here's a cool Town Hall 8 attack that you can do using P.E.K.K.A.s. Yeah, well, and that's the point that I was going to make is a lot of doing YouTube content is trying to predict what people want to watch. So, for example, I had a video that blew up because it was what people wanted to watch and it has 72,000 views. But then I put out a video just the other day, I think on a Town Hall 11 attack, and it has like 90 views. So it, you having access to this content beforehand kind of gives you a heads up on, hey, this is what clashers are going to be looking for on YouTube. So make content about this if you actually want the views or if you act actually want people to watch your content stuff that, you know, little guys like us don't actually have access to. <laughs> and I, you know, I will say like, even though I do have access to the creator program at this point, like I still very thoroughly think of myself as a, one of the little guys. Like yeah. I, I, it's definitely not something that I yet feel like, oh, I'm definitely one of like, I feel like I'm like a big fish in a small pond in a sense on TikTok because I have more, as far as like original Clash content creators, like I have a much larger following than anybody else does. Mm -hmm. But, you know, eventually I'm sure people will close the gap and I become like one of the smaller creators there. Um, not smaller, but, you know, I'll, I'll just be one of multiple bigger creators on there. But uh, it is, it has been interesting seeing that I feel like there are times where maybe I don't want to like oh, the impossible challenge. Perfect example. I was like, I don't want to post a video on this. Like, I think it's going to be a dumb video that I make. I didn't really want to post one on the, the challenge right before that of the, the championship base. Cause like, this is such a tough one. And I almost didn't on the last one, except that I had the idea to turn it into a story. Mm -hmm. But I feel like some of these other things, like, you know, whether it's like, I think about if I had been in the creator program when the clan capital came out, like all my stuff would have been clan capital related. And so that feel, I feel like it's sort of marshalling my resources towards something prescribed, which kind of sucks because it feels like it's a little limiting, but it's also kind of cool because I, I do get to provide stuff that people are probably looking for more so than just like whatever crap I happen to decide I'm going to put together that day. Cause that's how most of my TikTok stuff is right now. It's like whatever mood I'm in, I just randomly create something and hope it'll stick.
Well, and I think that that's a cool setup and that Supercell is not necessarily requiring you to do specific content. Like they're not saying, hey, here's a creator code. We're going to give you 5% of all the sales of people who use your creator code, use code trample, use code trample, use code trample. <laughs> <laughs> but but they're not they're not demanding, hey, with the use of this creator code, you are under contract to do X, Y, Z and make this number of videos for us. They're saying, look, we're going to leave you to your own creativity. We're going to maybe encourage you to make content on this, but it's more of a relationship than it is a contract, which is super cool in my book. So one of the interesting things, if Town Hall 15 does come out, and at this point with Hammer Jam coming, I mean, I think everybody kind of assumes that at the end of Hammer Jam, Town Hall 15 is going to come. It's going to make Champs 1 very interesting for the good guys because a lot of what happens is there's this huge gulf between clans who essentially gym their way to max and clans with all normal guys who I would consider the good guys to be just normal guys who are not going to gym all their defenses finished. And there's going to be this wide gap between the two. What are your thoughts on how we should proceed in champs one? And I know that we discussed it a little bit in the last episode with Rick, but do you have any thoughts on what champs one's going to be like if town hall 15 is introduced? So champ, so clan war league starts tomorrow for October. Mm-hmm, right. Because, you know, it's so we're recording on the 30th of September. So it starts tomorrow. Um, so let's let's make believe that Hammer Jam ends and Town Hall 15 comes out. It would be the November time frame. November, so depending right. on. Yeah, it depends on when, you know, if, if Hammer Jam ends and we go right into Town Hall 15, we'll have probably three weeks of upgrade ability before getting into the next season of Clan War League. And I would anticipate. Like I know myself, I'm probably going to wind up buying all the packs. Use code trample. I'll get a discount. It's like, I, that's actually the thing I told my wife. I was like, the greatest thing about having a creator code is I get a discount on all my own purchases. (laughs) 5% off sale only today. I think what's going to probably wind up happening is anything from an offensive standpoint, like clan war league, people are going to be using, you know, like when we, when we look at the last couple of town hall upgrades, there haven't been quite as many hero levels to go through. Like we haven't had, like when we, when you went from town hall 13 to 14, we didn't have 15 new levels of heroes, right? We had Mm -hmm. five. And so let's say town hall 15, if we wind up in a similar boat where we have five levels of heroes to upgrade, whether that's heroes, pets, like whatever those upgrades are three weeks for me, because I gem my way through stuff in terms of the time I buy the resource but I skip the waiting times. I anticipate that by November, I will probably have close to max heroes. But here's the thing. Even if I don't, I've got five hero potions. I could use one every single day and mm-hmm. essentially have max offense already throughout Clan War League. And I think what's probably going to happen is more often than not, most people are probably going to do what they can to build any potential new defenses, start any potential new defenses so that they have them available for Clan War League. I, I don't actually fear the notion of like going up against maxed out clans because... Although, to be fair, the good guys was not in Champion 1 when Town Hall 14 came out. But I I think there will be at least a couple... My, my gut tells me there will be at least a couple of different buildings that get some kind of upgrade to a new defensive level. Because usually, you know, we, we switch to a new color scheme. And so they start to meld that in. And I got to believe that a large portion of people out there don't have the money to actually go through and do that. And the few like really competitive people that are going to spend a bunch of money to do that, I don't know that we would necessarily catch two or three or four clans full of those people. 
right. think most of us are going to be in a pretty similar boat to where I'm not that worried about it. Yeah. And that, that is a good point. One thing that I'm super interested in is looking back, what will be the meta that defines Town Hall 14? So for example, if I play a lot of competitive play at Town Hall 11, Town Hall 12, I do not play at Town Hall 13 because I've not had a max Town Hall 13. I'm almost there in my Town Hall 13. But for instance, at Town Hall 11, witches, of course, rule the meta. Zap witch, bat witch, any form of witches. And and everybody knows that. I mean, granted, if you go into competitive leagues, you, know, you, you see the Lalo, you see hogs, you see queen charge hybrid. Hybrid's a really big uh, aspect of Town Hall 11 as well. At Town Hall 12, super witches really dominate the meta at Town Hall 12. Uh, at Town Hall 13, I know that hybrid was all over the place. I wonder at Town Hall 14, what is going to kind of be the settling of the meta? We In Clash World, we saw a lot of Lalo, of course, but non-Lalo attacks, we saw a few Super Bowlers. We, of course, had Synthes, uh Triple Skelly Donut Hogs. I'm not sure if you watched that attack or not against GS. Absolutely amazing attack. That was super cool. It yeah. was so cool. So amazing. I, I was literally about jumping out of my chair as I was watching that attack because that was absolutely amazing. So anyway, I'm curious what meta you think will develop as the quote unquote Town Hall 14 meta, just as hybrid was the meta for Town Hall 13, Super Witches was a Town Hall meta for Town Hall 12, etc. Well, I, I mean, I think back to, I did watch a couple of the attacks from some of the last few years of, of worlds. I've seen like a smattering. I feel like at those competitions, it's always some version of Lalo. Yeah. I feel like it was some version of Lalo when Town Hall 11 was the highest, Town Hall 12 was the highest. Like it always feels like the upper echelon was always dominated by some version of Lalo. Uh, but if you take, I will say, a competitive but slightly less professionally competitive environment and you look at what the meta would be for Town Hall 14, I think it's going to be very similar to one of the videos you put out not that long ago where you essentially said, hey, here's a couple of attacks that are super powerful here. One is hybrid, one is the... Clone um, Hydra. Clone Hydra, and one is Super Bowlers. Mm -hmm. I feel like prior to them nerfing Super Dragons, that was also something that would have sat in there, but the slight you know, debuff on the Super Dragons coupled with the slight buff in terms of the, the air defenses, defenses yeah. and the, the, the traps and the battle blimp. There were just a few modifications to take a little bit of the wind out of the sails, pun intended, in mm -hmm. terms of the, the power of air attacks. <laughs> but I... <laughs> but I do feel like for the most part where we've been sitting as a clan, which is, it's nice because we've got some people that are great with super bowlers. We've got some people that are good with blizz Lalo. We've mm -hmm. got some people that are good with Hydra. We've got some people that are good with hybrid. Like, I feel like we had a pretty good tool belt. I feel like I don't know that I can call any one of those attacks more perfect than another, because against certain bases, I will never try to use a Hydra attack against other bases. I would never try to use super bowlers. Right. So it's like, I feel like there's a pretty good. And a lot of that I think is largely predicated on the power of the builder hut which i feel like is a seriously underrated building mm. i actually have i've always told people that have asked me on town hall 14 what to upgrade which actually i have i actually i finished it yesterday uh, but i haven't up, i haven't actually turned it uh public yet but a, a video on i upgraded two of my town hall 13s recently to town hall 14 and i went through all of the main stuff of offense and the first defenses that i was upgrading are my builder huts because the the short version is builder hut from level one to level two gains 500 hit points because it goes from 500 to a thousand builder hut from level one to level two goes from not being weaponized to dealing 80 damage per second. 
And it goes from not being able to heal stuff to healing 50 damage per second. So it's an effective 130 damage per second value that the Builder Hut brings at Town Hall 14. And the other upgrades that you wind up getting, like an Expo picks up 15 damage per second and 300 hit points. The Scattershot picks up 20 damage per second and 300 or 400 hit points. But the Builder Hut, the only building I honestly feel I can rival the Builder Hut is the Inferno Tower because the the Inferno Tower also... Absolutely. picks up a sixth target. It does Mm -hmm. add like 15 damage per second to five targets. So you could argue that it's worth 75 damage per second on its own, which is definitely a a fair assessment. But then the fact that it also adds that sixth beam, it's a little bit more situational than the Builder Hut because the Builder Hut is like always doing its thing and it's only got one target. And the the Inferno Tower requires six targets in range for it to get the full potential but builder hut is it's like super powerful and i think that the builder huts more than almost anything else really help shape the meta for town hall 14 because builder huts near the town hall maybe meant something a little bit different from (laughs) builder huts near your eagle artilleries and so that's something i think was was very interesting about town hall 14 so obviously we've talked about the good guys uh kind of coming into their own, making it to Champs 1, which has been super exciting. We actually had a request from Fred Reek in the Clash Tips Discord server for you to share a little bit about TGG's history. Did you ever see the good guys becoming a Champs 1 clan whenever you first started back in the day? What was it, 2014? <laughs> no, definitely not. When I first <laughs> when I first started playing, one of my coworkers, and it's funny because there's actually there's a debate between a couple of people as to who got me to start playing Clash of Clans, which is funny because I have a memory, but like everybody disagrees with me except for the one person who I say actually got me to start playing. One of my coworkers at the time, uh, he, well, I think I was playing, uh, I don't even know what kind of game it's considered, but I was playing a version of, do you remember the Disney movie, or no, it was a DreamWorks movie, The Croods? There was I like do. a resource. There's like a yes. resource collection game where like you collected berries and fed them to animals and you collected <laughs> sticks and fed them to animals. Like, and it was just cute. It was something that was like, it was similar to Heyday, I guess, but it was uh-huh. before Heyday had come out. And I was playing, I was, that was the only app game that I played at the time. And he was, one day I had, he was eating lunch and I sat down to read and I saw him playing something. I was like, oh, what's that? He's like, oh, it's this game Clash of Clans. I was like, oh, that's cool. That's honestly how I started. But my wife and some other people think it was one of my wife's best friends. And then somebody else was like, well, I told you about that game long before your coworker did. I'm just like, oh, let clearly them I didn't that. remember. Yeah, just let yeah, them like, like that. <laughs> you know, it's like Schrodinger's cat. Like simultaneously, three people got me interested. And in my head, it has resolved. But out there in the world, you know, whatever. But when I started, um, it's somebody who reported to me. And so I was, he, he had said, oh, well, you know, you can these you can join a clan i was like oh well do you want to like be in a clan he's like yeah just and i think just because he was like you know used to deferring to me at work he's like why don't you create a clan and i'll come and join i was like oh sure why not so i created the good guys and within a few days like three or four more of our coworkers started playing a couple days later a few more coworkers started playing so there were like 12 of us in the corporate office that were playing at the same time my wife started playing my kids started playing her best friend and her husband and their kids and his mom and his brother started playing. And then we found a couple other people that we just knew that were friends and family. And within like two weeks, we had 35 people in the clan, all of whom were somehow connected between friends, family, and coworkers. Mm. And we, it was when war still was like every single, there was no ability to opt in or out. So like people would leave. There were some clan members that like were terrible attackers, but they're friends and family. So like, you know, we're not, you know, this is, (laughs) we're not trying to be like, we want to win, but at the same time, we're not like, you know, if you don't do well, you're getting kicked out. But there were a couple people where every time a war would start, they would leave the clan. 
And then we would start the war and then they would rejoin because there wasn't the ability to opt out at the time. And then eventually what started happening was like people would just stay opted in and then they'd like literally come over to my house with their device for me to make a track. We'll do my attack. <laughs> and so it was, you know, I, back then it was so much just friends and family and the only people, there were only like maybe three or four of us that were like, good attackers and then we picked up a few people that like one is k babo who is in the good guys too and roy who is in the good guys too and sissel who is uh, my wife's best friend's mother-in-law uh who lives in the state of washington now she's in her 70s um she was actually one of our better attackers but we didn't have very many good attackers so like when we thought about like when clan war league first came around we weren't really that good it w- we only promoted because we had more high town halls but mm-hmm. as soon as we got into like what i'll call fair fight territory we we would be 50 percent at best mm-hmm. um over time though as friends and family quit playing and then as i started especially a couple of years ago when i started doing like social media stuff the good guys whenever people left i would have you know either youtube subscribers or i guess it really was just youtube subscribers at the time or people that i met when i was like I used to do videos where I'd like, I'd, I'd join stuff in global. I'd join other clans and be like, I can pre-star any town hall you guys throw at me. And it was fun. You know, it was like, so like the camaraderie and the bouncing around. And I, and actually I, I got a kick out of your, you know, how to grow your clan uh, post. <laughs> I actually, it's, it's a lot tougher than it used to be. It used yeah. to be a lot more fun to bounce around and a lot easier, mm-hmm. but I, I would, I would essentially start picking up. So Curly, who is an amazing attacker that's in the good guys, mm-hmm. is somebody that I met. He was 16, I think, when I met him, and he was just talking all kinds of trash and global. And I was like, I will – and he was like, who uses golems? I remember that's when our conversation started because he looked at my army camp, and I had like uh, – it was some kind of like golem spam witch type something. I don't know. And he's like, you could never three-star anything. He's like, golem's like the worst troop. He had like level four golems at the time as a town hall 12 he's like they're totally useless and i was like i bet you i can get a really good attack against and he's like you know i'm a i'm a professional base builder like i got all these skills and he's an excellent attacker and a great base designer Mm -hmm. and i happened to three star whatever i had attacked with like a total spam attack it was like golems and witches and bowlers or something and he was like huh i need to upgrade my golems (laughs) but i i had over time stuff like that allowed me to start meeting other good attackers and other people that were a little bit more competitive about the game. And slowly, the less competitive family and friends contingent either quit playing or joined what we originally created for like, if you got to take a break, we had the good guys number two, which is, that was like the first extension of the good guys family. Mm -hmm. And then when I started posting stuff on TikTok, I had like the good guys and the good guys too, both were like full immediately because people were like, I want to join your clan. Like, you know, when I started getting bigger on TikTok and then in April, I think of this year, I started doing a little bit of streaming and it was like, I had streamed from one of the clans that I was in. And it was, I was like my, I think it was my trample damage clan, which is like my dumping ground for all my extra bases. And it immediately blew up because I had it as anyone can join because nobody joins it except me. And then like within, within five minutes, the clan was full. I was like, oh. (laughs) <laughs> um, so then I closed it and I kicked everybody out and I had a lot of people saying, Hey, can you start, you know, more feeder clans? And we don't have like the typical feeder clan ladder structure of like, Oh, when you're really good, you go from good guys three to four or from, I mean, from four to three and then three to two and two to one. But we did kind of structure things where the requirements for the town halls and the hero levels are a little bit higher, the closer we get to the good guys. And I added two clans in April that almost immediately filled up 
and have over time they've some of the better more active players have hung on and we have sort of this like standing rule like if you haven't been on the game in three days we're kicking you out of the clan you can totally rejoin there's no hard feelings if you're somebody who consistently skips clan war league attacks or clan war attacks we kick you out and then on the discord server we actually have our little blacklist because people like they get kicked out of one for missing attacks and then they join another one of them Mm. so now at this point we currently have we just I didn't add it in any of my recruiting videos. We just added the seventh good guys clan. And then I've, I've always got people asking me to put more out there. We technically have eight because there's like a good guys 3.1 for clan war. But like when we do clan war league, like the top 30 bases can play, but then like the next 20 are a little bit lower and they never get to play. Mm -hmm. And so we started having them split off to do clan war league in a separate one. And then, uh, some of them also have like alt accounts that they keep there that they don't want to have to play on on a regular basis that are like town hall six, sevens, and eights. So they just do clan capital stuff there and then come donate it to the good guys three. So it's like over time it has grown. But now at this point in the good guys in the main clan, nobody is in there that has been there for more than I think like shoddy and loot are the only, I think they're like some of the longest ranking or longest standing clan mates. Like, I don't think anybody has been in there for more than two and a half years Mm, other than me. So I guess we'll have to wait and see what the good guys do as far as chance one goes, whether or not we decide to proceed, whether or not we wait for potential town hall 15 to come out, whether that be after hammer jam, or, I mean, I'm honestly hearing some stuff of people saying that it might not even come out till November. So I guess We'll just have to wait and see. I would like for it to come out sooner than later. I'm not sure what you would like, but I guess we'll see whenever it comes out, right? I would I'm always interested in new content for the game. Like my my uh my town halls have all been pretty much maxed at their levels for quite some time. So like I'm I'm ready to get back into the grind of you know upgrading heroes again. It's super exciting. So yeah, we have some OP guests that are gonna be coming on. Super excited to interview them. We're gonna get their perspective on the game, everything that's happened. If you guys want to follow the podcast, you can do so on Twitter at Clash Tips Pod. If you want to look up Trample on TikTok, you can always look him up at Trample Damage. Use code Trample. Use code Trample. If you want to follow our YouTube videos, you can do so do so at Clash Tips YouTube. Until then, uh, Trample, you have any closing comments? Oh, this is just, you know, like it's fun taking a trip down memory lane. And also it's always really exciting to just like talk about and speculate about what's to come in the future because the game is, it has done a great job of constantly evolving over the years to keep it relevant, to keep it fun, to keep it interesting. And I, I can't wait to see what else it brings.